Hey writers, welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. And today we're going to talk about character flaws and specifically um, the flaw that we call an internal obstacle, which is which is essentially a flawed belief that your character has that's holding them back. Um, and we have our, our official definition here. Do you want to read it, Rachel, to get us started? Definitely. So an internal obstacle, we define it like this. At the beginning of any kind of character-driven story, your character should operate with a specific flawed belief, worldview, and or perspective. And it's something that's problematic that is harming them, their dreams, or the world around them. This is the thing that they need to change away from as they experience their arc and they change to a different healed belief. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about this because – well, basically, we talk about it all of the time because <laughs> I feel like it's the foundation of almost every sort of craft tip and trick that we have for how mm-hmm. to build a story that really connects with characters. Um, because I think, like, personally, I think flawed characters are what make stories interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> really. I mean, because we are we're reading to experience something. We're reading to learn something, to um take on what this character is going through so that we can save our little nuggets from it and change a little bit ourselves. But if the characters are perfect, I mean, what's exciting about that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we love to like I think readers love to um to flip through the pages of a book to find out what flawed characters are going to do. Like I've been watching, my husband and I have been watching um, the shows Succession and Yellowstone and they're very different <laughs> versions of the same idea, which is like these awful people doing these crazy things. And it's fascinating, right? Because you want to watch these flawed people make decisions in the face of obstacles and you're like, what the heck are they going to do? Right, exactly. But what I, what I love too about it is that for Succession and Yellowstone, for example, like I could watch reality TV and I could watch <laughs> flawed people do shitty things and then like, oh, haha, that's funny and get kicks out of it. But like the the story is like, how are they going to approach these challenges? What are they going to do about it? And are they going to change? Are they going to become better people? Most of us know when you're watching reality TV, like, no, they're not. <laughs> that's why you watch it. But like with stories – you're you're like oh what's going to happen are they going to change are they going to get better are they going to get even worse is it or what are they going to get are they going to be able to get their goals are they going to be able to accomplish what they want and so much of that is what is what draws us in it's it's like the question of in order to get what they want will they change for the better yeah absolutely yeah and that is right at its foundation what a character arc looks like and why a character arc is so important to your story because you're asking that what the story is really asking is if this character is going to achieve their goals, it's going to require some change internally. Um, And so you're reading to find out what that looks like. And the story is designed to test that, to throw obstacles in their way that are like, Hey, do you, do you actually believe those flawed beliefs or are you willing to to change? Are you going to keep making the same mistakes or are you going to learn from them? And so the whole story is designed around it. And that's why it's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to talk about and to teach. It's it's like completely eye-opening because I think we've all heard your character needs flaws. Yeah. 
we that's a very common like writing tip give your character flaws um when i was first writing my my first work in progress um i remember like googling like character flaws list Mm. so i could like pick and choose like okay my character has anger issues so like these are her flaws my character has like these other these other things um and this was right around the time that i that i met you because you had read my book and been like okay but what's her what's her flaw like what what arc is she going through and we met as critique partners or we that's how we formed our first relationship so you were giving me this feedback and i was like well she's her flaws are that she's angry. Her flaws are that she's impulsive. Her flaws are that she's stubborn and and you know she's hurt and she's in pain. And you were just like, no, those that's not that's not it. Like you're missing the change. She doesn't change away from that. Yeah, because character arcs aren't about like taking an angry person and making them happy. Character arcs are about taking what they believe about the world and shifting it to a new thing, a healthy thing that they believe about the world. So you you actually helped me take a completely different look at my story and be like, oh, okay, I see now why my arcs don't work because her beliefs aren't changing, which in turn changes our behaviors. Yeah, so you, you can't just like drastically change a character's behaviors without altering their fundamental beliefs about the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is where it gets really confusing from a craft's perspective because what we call – so. The flawed belief that your character is untangling, what we defined earlier, we call it an internal obstacle. But out there in the craft world, there's a million different names for it. Mm-hmm. Like Lisa Cron calls it the misbelief. Um, Kristen Kiefer calls it a, the, your character's lie. Um, and then you'll see like the general character flaw. I'm sure there's other mm-hmm. names for it out yeah. there that you guys have um, have encountered. And it can be, I think, hard to figure out like exactly what that means because because I think what you want to start with is the belief, but the belief manifests in flaws like anger and impulsiveness, exactly. yes. right? And so it's it's not that your character isn't going to have those types of general mm-hmm. flaws, but it's going to come from a place of what is that core central belief that you're exploring in the story. Like one of my favorite examples is Pride and Prejudice <laughs> because, <laughs> because Lizzie and Darcy are so flawed, right? They have mm-hmm. all of these flaws that get in the way. And that's what makes the story interesting is that those flaws are keeping them from loving each other, right? And like getting to what they're happily ever after. Yeah. Um, but Lizzie is not just – she's not just made up of, like, you know, her – like, <laughs> all of her flaws, her rudeness, <laughs> her, her jumping to assumptions, right, her pride. But it's it's all stemming from this core belief that she has that when you have money, it makes you arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she literally believes that, like, rich people are arrogant because they have lots of money. Um, and she can't see the fact that, like, she's actually being arrogant and prideful. Yeah. Um, but so you can see how like those qualities in her that are coming out in her behaviors and in her actions are all stemming from that core belief that the story is exploring. Yes, absolutely. We do some of this, a very similar, like, or we do an exercise with our one-on-one clients, which I absolutely love where we've taken their internal obstacle belief. And then we hone in on the behaviors that they have because that's where those behaviors like you said should stem from they don't just your characters don't just become angry simply because they because they are like they have a belief and in turn creates this behavior and even backing up farther like there's a reason that they formed that belief 
which is their backstory. Yeah. Um, we'll do a whole episode on backstory. We're not going to jump into it now. Um, but they have this belief about the world. Um, and that's that's what makes – if you're thinking of craft terms, any of those other names out there, it all boils down to some belief they hold about the world that is um, – that is flawed, that is harming them from achieving what they want, that is holding them back um, in their external plot, but also internally, like they can't become better people until they resolve this issue and they and they change their beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. So can, can we give folks some yeah. examples of what this actually looks like in some stories? Because we've been kind of Jumping around the definition, it. but let's get let's like show you guys what some of these look like. Yes. Um, so one of my favorite ones is Prince Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, best character arc ever. <laughs> if you disagree, fight me. I <laughs> love him. <laughs> Zuko is amazing. Zuko's amazing. And it's very, very clear from the immediate onset of his character onto the screen what his flaw is. He believes that honor is what makes him lovable. He has lost his honor according to um, his societal standards. Um, and he's lost it. He's trying to get his honor back by capturing the avatar. Um, all of what he really wants on the inside is just to feel lovable. So because he's lost his honor, he no longer feels lovable. So his entire journey is that he is on this quest to capture the avatar in order to regain his honor. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful story. Zuko has this amazing redemption arc. Um, spoilers, I guess, but <laughs> this is show's been out for 15 years, so go watch it. Um, but he does. He changes, and he f learns that his honor is on the inside. Only he can decide that he is honorable. No one else gets to decide that he's honorable or that he's lovable. As soon as he loves himself, he regains his own honor, and he starts to make um, better decisions, and he ends up helping the Avatar um, bring balance back to the world. So he has a wonderful redemption arc from going to an antagonist feature to um, a best friend character who's part of the gang and who ends up helping save the world. Love I love him. that. Yeah. I also love, Z love Zuko as an example because he's not the main character of the yeah. show, um, which just goes to show, right, all – like. Every complex character, especially the ones who are going to go through change in your story, um, mm -hmm. will probably have, you know, their own internal obstacle that they're working through. So this isn't just applicable to your main character. It's also applicable to everybody else um, in your story. So another great example from Game of Thrones is um, the beloved Jon Snow. <laughs> and he starts the the first series or the first book, whichever one you're going with, um, with the internal obstacle belief that honor is gained through power and glory. And so um, that's what drives him to go to the Night's Watch because he's trying, he's a, he's a bastard um, in his father's family. And so he feels like he needs to gain honor for himself. And he thinks he has to do that by, um, you know, finding power and glory. So he goes to the Night's Watch thinking it's going to be this heroic quest and it's not. And he quickly learns, you know, this, the story point of mm -hmm. a game of thrones which is you know there's no room for honor in the game for power it's one or the other um in that world in that story um so just love him yeah he's such a great like you know he he learns this um 
he learns this new belief. He he lets go of this flawed worldview and he learns this new belief. But I think he becomes even more honorable through learning that belief where yeah. he like recognizes the truth of the world. But at the same time, you see in John's arc throughout the rest of the books and the rest of the series that he continues to choose his own version of honor rather than power, which is what most people in his world choose. Mm-hmm. Um I love that about him. So he's still going through this arc. He's still learned. He still is letting go of this old worldview and learning the new worldview, but he remains like a very good person. Yeah. Oh, I love him. <laughs> um, so maybe let's run quickly through just these other examples. Yeah, um, definitely. Or I uh, guess we just have one more. <laughs> it's Laya. I'll let you take we, it. Yeah, we have Laya. <laughs> so um, Laya of Sarah is a character um, from An Ember in the Ashes by Sabah Tahir. Um, and Laya believes that some people are inherently strong and others are weak. So she believes that in the world there are strong people and there are weak people and she personally considers herself one of the weak people. So how this manifests for her is that um, her brother is in the very first scene, in the very first few scenes, her brother is captured by um, the militant group, which is the antagonists of the story, essentially. And rather than trying to go on this quest to save him herself, she enlists the help of someone else in order to do it. Um, And she does that because she believes that she's one of the weak ones. Like she just can't do it on her own. So she needs to turn to other people in order to get that help. Um, And throughout the story, she learns that the opposite is true, that she can do it herself, that she's a very strong person. Um, She comes into her own strength and um, she gains her own power and she's able to make completely different decisions at the end to search out her brother and rescue him um, herself. I love her. That's a great series if you haven't read An Ember and Ashes. It's so good. Uh, But I think Laya – because I wanted to talk – to you about this, like the difference between, Laya is a great example, the difference between like a belief about yourself and a worldview. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people conflate those things. And Laya is mm-hmm. a great example. Her internal obstacle is not, I am weak. Exactly. Which is a, is a belief about herself. Her internal obstacle is some people are inherently strong and others are inherently weak. And she puts herself in the category of weak. And so it's not just a view about herself and her capabilities Mm -hmm. it's a it's a belief about how the world around her works and how she fits within it is part of that Mm -hmm. um and i've seen people uh you know writers get a little bit hung up on that because um you know it's at the heart of it she is learning that she has strength but she's also learning that other people have strength right who Mm -hmm. are perceived as weak and she's learning that um you know others who are perceived as strong are not necessarily as strong as they seem to be so it's this it's a larger question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that too is the importance of the worldview. It's the belief about the world. And this is what you're changing through the all aspects of the story. Um, we will do an episode on the story point or the actual lesson that the character is eventually learning, um, what message, what takeaway that is. But ultimately, we're trying to frame everything about this story to prove that message. And so it, it really isn't – the reason it's 
or one of the reasons why it is a worldview belief and not a personal belief is because all aspects of the story need to be pushing towards the lesson that they're going to learn, um, which is another worldview. Yeah. It's, a, it's another um, change your perspective. It's another look at the world like this because it helps you um, – it helps you live. It helps you become stronger and more happier and, and all of those different versions of change that we aspire to. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're if you're developing your internal obstacle and you have a really firm belief of what your character believes about themselves, you know, you can you can take a step back from that and ask, okay, why do they believe that? Like what's their belief about how the world works that's making them believe that about themselves? Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll start to um to be able to shape that into something that's a worldview instead of just a, a self-belief. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're, so let's talk about that for a second. How do you develop this? How do you create Mm -hmm. this internal obstacle belief? That's a great question. I feel like you could start in so many different places, but um, I think starting to get to really sit with your character is probably the first, (laughs) the first place I would Mm -hmm. go to sit with what, you know, what are their, what do you know about them already? Mm -hmm. Right. And that could be, their flaws, right? Their external behaviors and how they re- interact with the world. It could be what they believe about themselves, right? It could be, um, you know, what they're going after and why they're going after it and how they believe that they're going to get honor or they're going to get love or they're going to get respect, right? So look at what you already know about your characters and then start to, um, I think you can start to then articulate why they act or believe or think that way um, based on worldview beliefs that they have. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah. Um, so two things. One of them is jumping ahead a little bit. So we've we've mentioned the story point a couple times. Um, and so this episode isn't about that. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the story point. But um, if you know that, if you know that lesson that you want your reader to take away, if you know that final message that your character wants to change to, you can kind of backwards in, okay, well, if they're going to learn that love conquers all because it's a romance, yeah. then what flawed belief can I give them about love that's in conflict with yeah. that message? So it, coming from the other side of things, if, if you know your end goal, you know what you're aiming towards that you want your story to say – um, think about what beliefs are in conflict with that end message. And you can start to see, okay, if I need my character to change to this, that means they need a flaw that's in conflict with that. What might that be? Yeah. And when we when we say in conflict, what we really mean is like until they unlearn this belief about the world, they literally cannot learn mm-hmm. your story point message, your story point lesson, what that worldview that you want them to have when the story ends, if it's a positive arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a belief that is blocking them from accepting or learning that story point lesson. Yeah. Um, so second thing is I tend to build my characters – to um, explore my own issues. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Maybe just me. But um, so I have, uh, I'm becoming more self-aware about my own hangups, my own internal obstacle beliefs, my own like flawed worldviews that maybe I want to change or I want to explore or I want to experience some sort of catharsis around. Um, So you can start there. Like, what are your own flaws that you're going to put into your characters? Um, So for me specifically, my current work in progress, um, the main character, Maeve, 
her internal obstacle belief is that failure makes you less lovable and less valuable. Failure makes people in general like less lovable and less valuable. Um, and she's a hardcore perfectionist. She is going to do things herself. She's going to make sure that everything that she does works out because in that case, she will finally get the love that she feels like she deserves. So full disclosure, that comes from me. That comes from deep inside the old heart right here. Uh, so that's an exploration of my journey away from perfectionism and my journey towards accepting that I'm not perfect and that I can't, um, you know, perfection my way out of inevitable failure and that failure isn't a bad thing. Um, and that I'm loved as I am and I'm loved with all of my imperfections. Um, so that straight up came from, okay, I'm struggling with this, so I'm going to put that in my character. And here she is. She's going to explore that on the page. I love that so much. I think oftentimes it's the case that your main <laughs> character at least is struggling with something similar to something that you've struggled with yeah. before. And I think it can be something that you're actively struggling with, um, which can make it trickier to see, I think. Yeah. Uh -huh. Or it can be something that you've worked through, right, in your past, like – um, something that you worked through as a teenager or um, even as a middle schooler. And oftentimes, right, those are the versions of ourselves that show up in those kinds of stories. Yeah. If you're writing middle grade or YA, um, listen in. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I think like there's so much, yeah, there's so much juicy stuff to, uh, to work with in our own lives mm -hmm. and they inevitably show up in our stories. So if you're having yeah. trouble figuring out what your character is going through, ask yourself how they're similar to you and what they're struggling yes. with that you also struggle with. It might, yeah. you know, sometimes this is like a big old smack in the face and that is okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think my, when you were asking me questions about my first work in progress, my character years ago, so much of that was like, oh, well, my character can't have flaws because I don't want to have flaws. So <laughs> she's perfect. And then now I'm like, oh, I guess my character is going to explore how she thinks failure makes her less lovable. That's okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> we've, we've been through a journey. But um, yeah, it's a, if, if you just compare those two characters for me, you can see my own personal growth, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I feel like the more we we do this kind of work on our stories, the more we get to know ourselves. Like, Absolutely. It's just – it's inevitable. So yeah. have fun out there, guys. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the mini course that we have yes. um, that you guys can download because it starts with internal obstacle um, it sure and it, it really walks you through um, how to take your characters, how to develop your character's internal obstacle, and then how to take that and build your character's arc around it. So we've danced around how to do this today on the episode, but this um, this mini course is a seven-day email course. So basically you sign up. It's free. In the form. It's free. You sign up in the form, and then you get an email every day for seven days. Um, and those emails build on one another, and they have actionable like steps to take at the end to build your arc from internal obstacle out. Mm -hmm. um, and so if this is, if you're getting really excited on this call today and you're like, yes, I need to like figure out this core, right? These core worldviews and these core messages from a character and how it's going to look in my story. You don't want to miss out on this free seven day <laughs> email mini course. Yes. Um, it's called the magic of character arts and it also, um, breaks down 
examples, gives you tools and tricks and tips and everything that you're going to need to get through it. So this is a ton of really awesome content. Um, link in our bio link or link in the show notes, <laughs> link in the show notes. Um, and you can sign up to get that course. Seven days of email magic, the magic of characteristics. And we'll see you there.